You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get hyped! Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast 2022. You know my voice, I'm Mike Schaefer. Joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, and this week's special guest, who I believe this is the second season opener in the last three years. He almost correctly predicted which names Gus Johnson would screw up on the telecast in 2020. And that is the one, the only, Connor Happer. Connor, welcome back to the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Thank you, gentlemen. Very happy to be here. I was very proud of that prediction for a long time, even though it didn't come to fruition. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna throw out some more broadcaster predictions for this week in Ireland, and I'm excited to, uh, to share them with you. All right. Uh, Michael Brutch, you're our man on the scene in Ireland. It doesn't look nearly as green as I was told. It was going to be. It looks very uh, ominous. Some white trim there. You got an Airbnb there. What's gray. going on? Yeah, it's it's a hotel. Looks like my college apartment. Where are you at? <laughs> they, there... You're not you're not staying in a hostel. <laughs> no, this no hostel. hostel. I'm disappointed. No, it's would not. You... I've graduated. You... Is there a cobblestone street right outside or no? Not far. Hey. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's dive into questions right away. We, if if you've never listened to the Husker twenty four seven hypecast, I will lay it out like this. I will ask questions. Sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't make sense. I will direct them to individual responders who will respond. Sometimes the other people would like to respond as well. They'll have an opportunity to do so, and we'll go from the offense to the defense to oddly specific predictions, and then a pick to click. And then everyone gives a score prediction, and it is a fantastic time. So if you haven't joined us before, you're going to be back each and every week of this very critical 2022 season. So with all of that being said, start on the offense. We will start with our guest, Connor Happer, and we'll start very, very easily, I suspect. Connor, what do you expect out of the offense in this game? (laughs) Uh, I think it'll be a slow start. Um, and you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of that sort of feeling out from, from both teams, kind of, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, you know, talked a little bit about this week on the Northwestern side. They keep asking him who their starting quarterback is. They keep not saying who their starting quarterback is. I don't know if that necessarily bodes well for a team that returns a starting quarterback from last year. So there's that side of it, uh, from Northwestern. That's, that's an offense that wasn't very good last year. Um, for Nebraska, I mean, it's, and you know, I was, you know, to talk about Pat Fitzgerald again, he was 
Um, he was talking about it from this side of Nebraska. It actually sort of sounded eerily similar to how Nebraska talked about Illinois last year in their season opener of like, Hey, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen here. We got a, sort of a couple options of what we're going to see. And I think Nebraska sort of done that by, by design a little bit, but I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be sort of slow coming together. The initial plan will probably be to, to get downhill and lean on them a little bit. And we'll, we'll see if they're able to do that. And if not, you got to go to, you got to go to plan B, but um, you know, if they can, if they can somehow piece together, you know, um, you know, three, four touchdowns, uh, add a couple special teams, uh, maybe a field goal on, on top of that. Um, I think they'll probably have a pretty good chance to win it. All right. Michael Brunts, we heard from Casey Thompson, the, uh, the starter for Nebraska quarterback on Sunday. What, what have been your impressions of what you've heard about Casey Thompson and what you've seen so far uh, as he takes the reins as Nebraska's next starting quarterback after a four-year run from Adrian Martinez? Yeah, it's um, we haven't seen much. That, 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 that that's the problem. I, I think that what Casey Thompson will do, or what my my sense is, is that he's going to be much better at checking down and taking what the defense gives. And that was something that was missing a lot from Nebraska's offense the last few years. It, it, it's felt a little bit at times like a high wire act, and it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, if, if you can be efficient, you can move the ball, you can run it a little bit better than what they have in the past. I think that does, you know, oodles of of good for Casey Thompson as he takes over. I'm I'm curious Saturday if, especially early on, like Connor said, if they if they try to run the ball, establish the run early on, and I mean Mark Whipple said it today that you know they just want to get through the first quarter and not have given the game away. So that's a pretty good indication of where they're looking at going, I think, with that game plan in the first game. It's it's such a tough game to, to predict, I think, in some ways, because first game, you're like, you don't know what you're getting anyways, and then you're adding in the international piece of it and all the new faces on Nebraska's offense. And it's it, it would be a very scary game as a coach, I feel like, to have to be able to rely on anything when those lights come on. Well, one of the things Nebraska is hoping to rely on again in 2022 after struggling to do so most of the last five years is going to be its running game. And Brian Christofferson, I know that you are high on Nebraska's running backs, or at least what you've heard so far from Brian Applewhite and from Mark Whipple uh, and Scott Frost when discussing Nebraska's running game. Who who are you sort of looking forward to seeing on Saturday? Because the collection of ball carriers looks to be sort of an intriguing one. Yeah, they haven't flat out named a 1A guy. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see Anthony Grant just in a Husker uniform. And, um, you know, if, if, if he can be, you know, get you those tough yards, but also I think maybe make some people miss, even if there's a guy unblocked, maybe uh, cover his O-line a little bit. Uh, Gabe, Irv- Gabe Irvin, you, you saw him up there a week or two ago. I mean, he's 10 pounds bigger and he looks it. And... I truly believe the coaching staff when they say um, he's come back and look better than he did last year. And I think he uh, interjected himself right back in the mix, which is pretty impressive considering that injury and that he was out all spring. But I also don't shut the door on a guy like Yant in this game. I mean, you got to remember, he has feel good vibes seeing that uniform across from him. He ran wild against them basically from the start last year. And it seems difficult to me that you wouldn't at least – 
try that out a little bit and see if he can go downhill on them too. So I do believe they're going to use three or so guys. I think the nervous part for Husker fans, and I understand it completely, even though you think you have a lot of good guys, when you don't know for sure who the one guy is, who's like sort of the lead dog, it makes you anxious. Like you, cause you just haven't seen that guy in action. And so you worry about that part a little bit. Um, but I think Mark Whipple's practiced some good psychology going back to what Brun said. I don't know if it's been intentional or not, but even in Dublin today when he said, you know, the first quarter could be a filling out process. I think that's talking to your team a little bit saying if it's three to zero or zero zero with 13 minutes left in the second quarter, this doesn't have to be a deal where Nebraska is pushing the panic, which I think does sometimes happen in games with the Huskers where, it's supposed to go a certain way and it doesn't right away. I, so whether that was intentional or not, I think that was a smart comment by Whipple. All right. Lightning round time. Each of you is going to give one wide receiver or tight end that you expect to be heavily involved on Saturday as we assess Nebraska's largely new contingent of pass catchers. Happer. Marcus Washington. Uh, the buzz has gotten stronger and stronger throughout camp. Um, you know, the, the expectations I think were pretty – even Scott Frost said this on Sunday, but I don't know what the expectations were pretty low probably coming in. Schaefer, you and I probably talked about it a little bit. It just didn't, didn't seem like a, that, that significant of an ad over the summer. I think there's a pretty good chance he's either, you know, one or two in Nebraska's uh, receiver group right now with, with him and Trey Palmer. That's kind of how it feels to me as, as things have developed throughout camp. Um, I expect him to have a significant role in the offense, not just on, on Saturday, but, um, you know, throughout the entire season. That's my pick. All right. Michael Brunch. Um, I think Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is going to have a lot to say about what Nebraska's offense does this year. Um, we didn't see him in the spring, um, but he's a guy that has been mentioned repeatedly since he committed to Nebraska about his ability to create big plays. And I think that's where he's going to shine. I think that they're going to try to get him the ball deep. And I think he's going to create some matchup issues. So I will go with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, formerly of the New Mexico state program. All right, two transfer wide receivers right off the bat. Brian Christofferson, what direction are you going to go? Well, the obvious guy unchecked still is uh, Trey Palmer, and I got to go with him because I tweeted out Casey Thompson's comment about saying he's the fastest receiver he's thrown to, and I the Texas fans caught a hold of that, and it, it's still going in the, in the feed. They do not like that. It was a real insult to Xavier Worthy. Um, they're not pleased. Well, look at Bruns over there. Orange down. Yeah, that's a 15 yard penalty. <laughs> yeah. Runs will now be muted for the next 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like that. But I think okay. Paul early early in the game, um, I do think it'd be nice if Nebraska took a shot, even if it doesn't work with Palmer. You know, throw that, throw that deep ball, make them think about it. And uh, if you connect on that, I think it really could open some things up in the running game too. But um just the connection Palmer has with Casey Thompson, I feel like they're the they're the closest of the of the guys that the QB has worked with. So I suspect he'll he'll get his. He'll get. I bet he'll catch five or six. I am. Uh, I'm going to toss in the name Ramir Johnson, who will be playing the wide back position for the first time in Husker history. Uh, we'll see what that looks like on Saturday, but I expect him to be involved 
in uh, a couple different ways, either quick throws out of the backfield, some screen routes, maybe even the vaunted wheel route, the one of the three routes that everybody knows about and gets excited to tweet about when they see it. Uh, perhaps we get to see that on Saturday. Uh, nobody right. said Travis Vokalek either. Yeah. He's going to be obvious end. one, right? <laughs> well, we're – by rule, we have to leave on this show the tight end available to be Brunson's pick to click and sometimes <laughs> oddly specific predictions. So I think everyone was just trying to play by the, the established rules over the last seven years or whatever it's been. Uh, offensive line, who wants it? Who wants to discuss that? And you get a minute to do it. <laughs> wow. Uh, any takers? Anybody? Anybody? Brunson? It looks like you, Happer. All right. Um. I mean, it's, it's sort of the question and it, you know, a lot of it hinges off it going into this game. So uh, I think we know who the starters are going to be. I think that's sort of been obvious for, for quite some time now. Um, it's just a matter of sort of how it gels together. And I, and I expect it to be, I expect it to be pretty good. E- even with all the talk about, you know, the puking and you know, how hard they're working or questions about how good of shape they're in. I, I think they'll find a way to make it pretty steady enough on the offensive line. And maybe that's all you need with an improved running back, um, you know, backfield and, and a couple good wide receivers as well. And a distributor who can get those guys, the ball. Um, I, I don't, we we've overshot that. I think a lot of times you don't need an offense, a dominant offensive line to have a good offense. You need a good offensive line. Nebraska's, you know, it hasn't made sense. It's been pretty poor over the last, you know, couple of years now. So uh, as long as that sort of fits with the other puzzle pieces, I think we'll probably go throughout Saturday without talking about it that much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, a lot of change in the offseason. You're going to have transfer portal starters likely on the defensive line and in the secondary and very consistent names in the middle of the defense at uh, linebacker. We'll start with Brian Christopherson, and we'll start right there at linebacker. You've got two guys returning and Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer that led the team in tackles. What's the next level that those guys could sort of get to as Nebraska hopes to evolve as a defense uh, going from what they were last year to having their sights set even higher, despite having to replace some key pieces. It's uh, going from thinking a guy in Lincoln, Nebraska, thinking that Luke Reimer is like maybe a second team, all big 10 guy to a guy in Ohio or Michigan, it being so obvious to him throughout the course of the season, like, yeah, these are, they've got something in Lincoln with their middle linebackers. And I don't think they were there yet last year. And there's some pretty good ones in this league. So it's understandable. Even if you get 108 tackles and 99, which they both had, um, I mean, Iowa had a guy with like 150. So uh, it's a tough league to get to the top, but I think that's what you're asking of them to be basically first team, second team type guys. And that's said as a compliment to what I think their ceiling is. I really believe uh, Reimer's a guy who can play at the next level and Henrich has really become a leader on this team and sort of a spark plug guy. And uh, it needs to show in this game, obviously 
against Northwestern two years ago was the Reimer coming out party, you know, when he got the sack and the force pull, all that stuff. So um, another guy who has uh, probably some good feels when he sees that team across from him. Michael Brunts, when you take a look at Nebraska's pass rush, a lot of enthusiasm for the addition of Oshawn Mathis, but there's also been some certainly some, I guess, you know, hype, if you will, internally about where Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner and Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnarsson are in terms of what they can bring as Nebraska switches to a 4-3 defense. What what expectations, if any, do you have for this Nebraska pass rush early in the season? Yeah, I mean, I, they've got to be disruptive, and I think this is the kind of game where they can be, um, you know, especially if Northwestern is not able to run the ball with any kind of effectiveness on, on first down. I mean, that, that's going to play really well in Nebraska's hands. The, the thing that I'm really eager to see is if they can get third down, what Eric Chenander does, because I think the pieces that you have at the rush end spot with any of those five guys, but certainly Tanner, Nelson, and Mathis, I think you can get really exotic with looks that you give uh, opposing offenses. And I, I think that can be a strength of the defense. I mean, when you kind of came off of that 2017 UCF season where that defense was so disruptive, they forced so many turnovers. And then you contrast that with how things have gone in Lincoln the last four years in those departments. It's, it's kind of, you know, mind boggling a little bit how they have not been able to recapture any of that magic. And part of it is that they just have not had a guy that can put his hand in the dirt and go after the pass rusher. I think that they have a couple of those guys now who are poised to do that. And like I said, I mean, I, I think this is the kind of position group at that edge rusher spot that can help Nebraska get off the field more on third down. So I'm expecting to see that right away, even though Northwestern has a, a what I think is an OK offensive line. But I think the, Nebraska has the potential to be really disruptive if they can get into the right spots on defense. Connor Happer, Nebraska lost Damian Daniels, uh, DeAndre Thomas, Jojo Doman, Ben Stilley. Four guys all pretty heavily involved in helping Nebraska corral running backs last season when Big Ten teams attempted to run on them. What What is your level of confidence looking at it right now? Nebraska switched to this 4-3. You have Ty Robinson inside and, and lined up next to him and expected, I believe, to start on Saturday will be walk-on Colton Feast as well as uh, Stefan Wynn and Nash Hutmacher and, and Devin Drew and all those guys behind him there internally. It takes a whole defense to stop the run, but what is your confidence level of where Nebraska sits with their uh, interior defensive line? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's a concern. I, you're gonna need you're gonna need some depth there certainly, and I don't know if Devin Drew's quite um, quite ready yet, quite there yet. Maybe we see him a little bit in this first game, but I don't know about how much. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a concern. I think the hope is, like Brunt said, you can you can make up for some of that in, in, in some of the other places of the defense where you're a little bit stronger um, and, and all the noise doesn't necessarily have to come from up front. Now they did with Damian Daniels last year. So I think that's, you know, that's sort of baked into the, into the equation for Nebraska this year. They, they just get a little bit more explosive, a little bit more disruptive, and they will be willing to give up some of what they were able to do just being solid and stout. Like it, it, it strikes me as a little bit more of, rather than what they've been over the last couple of years, which is just a, a really solid defense, but not so explosive. I think that it, it gets maybe flipped a little bit this year and they can create some plays. And frankly, you know, as Bruns was mentioning, like 
that was what they did in in, in Central Florida, um, and I think that's a little bit more of Shenander's style. I think he I think he enjoys scheming stuff up a little bit. He in that in those first couple of years, he was sending blitzes from crazy places and different personnel packages and stuff like that. I think that's in his wheelhouse. But one thing that we've learned is they've done a really good job at adjusting to the personnel that they have. So it's a concern when you're just looking at it in a vacuum on the defensive line. But like you said, Chafe, I, I think it's, you know, the, the entire defense as a whole. And when you include that, it's, it's not all that worrisome. Lightning round time. What defensive back uh, that is really moving into a new role? So let's take Quentin Newsom out. Which defensive back beyond Quentin Newsom are you intrigued to see play Saturday in a heightened role or a new addition for Nebraska in that secondary? We'll start with Brian Christopherson. I'll say Marquise Buford just because um, it's been constant since he arrived here as a freshman, just like how consistent he is. And I do think uh, not to be just all Kool-Aid here, a big question mark is, um, you know, with Deontay Williams and Mark Helda Smith gone, those are guys who maybe their ceiling isn't as high as the current safeties they have but you knew what you were going to get and they were just dependable and they didn't have a lot of bust. And so that's the question that Farmer and Buford and maybe Omar Brown is going to have to answer in this game is, can you be that reliable group that, that proves that you know your stuff? I think Marquise Buford is going to be a dependable guy for multiple years here, but you do expect a pothole or two in the first few games at a position like that. And so it'll be interesting if that happens, how he responds to it. And if he can make a big play that sort of, you know, I think people have followed on the daily know all about him, but will he be like a household name after a couple of weeks in Nebraska? I think he has that, that ability. All right. Brunts, who you got? Uh, it was very gentlemanly of Brian to not go with Tommy Hill. Cause that's the answer. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, he just I, took a big shot at me there. He's like, he missed it, you idiot. I called you a gentleman. You're you're a gentleman. That that's I mean, Tommy Hill, I think, is has the potential to be a lockdown corner. I mean, you talk to Travis Fisher, he's a Sunday guy. It's just a matter of uh you know him kind of putting it together more consistently. And you gotta replace Cam Taylor Britt and having Tommy Hill come in in the portal, I, I think was is gonna be a pretty good look there. So very eager to see what he brings. He plays with a little bit of attitude too. And I think, uh, I think that's okay to, to have in the secondary because Markel Dismuke played with it. Deontay Williams had it too. And I, I think a little bit of swagger from your cornerbacks is never a bad thing, especially if they can back it up. Happer. Uh, top two picks are off the board. I'm going with, uh, so we've, we've seen miles farmer. We know a little bit about what he can do. Not a newcomer. Um, give me, uh, give me Omar Brown. I mean, that's a guy who, um, you know, I think is going to be in the rotation, although he may not necessarily be out there to start with for Nebraska. They have, they have a lot of interesting pieces, you know, when you, um, go through the safety position and the, and the, and the corner position for sure. Omar Brown's a guy that everybody picked right away, um, as a guy that would come in and make some noise. He had a, he had a, you know, injury riddled spring. Um, has seemed to have gained some steam here over the summer and into fall camp. So uh, that's a guy I'm certainly intrigued to see. What's his level of involvement early? Uh, I'm sort of curious about as well. Um, Maybe, like I said, he's not out there right away, but certainly curious uh, about what a guy like that can bring to your defensive backfield. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to go way off the board, but a guy who's been around but hasn't been able to play much. Curious to see if he gets in. Javen Wright at the nickelback spot. We've heard a lot about, um, you know, so I'm, I'm curious to see if he's able to contribute. I know just a week ago, Eric Chenander talked about how he could go with any three of those guys at the nickelback spot and would be uh, excited about it. So we'll see if Javen Wright is able to come through after having a couple uh, injury issues and health scares early in his career. All right. Uh, pick to click time. Let's let's get that one out of the way. Uh, let's try to move through this quickly as we try to get everything in here uh, before one of us has to depart. Not forever, but just uh, for other obligations. So, <laughs> BC, who you got? Pick the click. Uh, I'll stick with Anthony Grant. I think he's going to – he'll make a, one big play in this game and, and find the end zone. So, that's, that's it. Uh, it'll be a 20-plus yard uh, touchdown. Okay. Happer. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this again when we get to when we get oddly specific, but um, I, I think there's room for a couple running backs in this game. So give me Gabe Irvin to uh, to pop off a big one, maybe in this game. And um, I, I think he uh, has earned more playing time in that backfield. There's there's a couple more running backs that are that are potentially going to be involved, especially in this first three game stretch. How about Gabe Irvin with the pick to click? Okay, we got two running backs. Brunts, is it Travis uh, Vokalek time? I go. I go with my guy Travis Vokalek. <laughs> I think he he takes the he takes the torch from Austin Allen, and uh, puts up a let's say a five or six catch game. I think he's going to have a a nice game in uh, in in that number one tight end role. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this works when there's a quarterback that might throw to the tight end a little bit more uh, this year. So we'll we'll see if that pays off for Brunts in his weekly tight end predictions. Uh, I am going to go with Garrett Nelson. I think he will get a sack and force a turnover over in Ireland. Uh, quite the game overseas. All right. Let's get to oddly specific predictions. I'm going to get mine out of the way really quickly. I think despite having less than 30 total rushing yards, Jock Yant will have two touchdowns on Saturday. Mm. It's a good pick. I like that. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll, more praise. Feel free. We have always more time for praise. Uh, okay. Happy. Is it, wait, is it Jockey Ant as a fullback? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe. Well, that's not up, very specific. He just wanders onto the field and picks up the ball and goes into the end zone. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I, I've been known in the past, as you mentioned, Schaefer, to, to uh, get oddly specific about the broadcasts. Uh, so I have a couple phrases that may be used throughout the broadcast considering the game is in Ireland. What are the odds that any or all three of these phrases will be used? Number one, he had some luck of the Irish there. I, you know, something lucky happens during the game. Number two, gave him the shamrock shake. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Jason Benetti might bust that one out. Uh, this one may be a little bit off the charts, probably like a plus, you know, 800, somewhere around there. Um, but if they really are looking for something, they could say that a running back is carrying the Blarney Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of toting the rock, they're toting the Blarney Stone. Carrying the Blarney Stone, even though it'd be a difficult thing to carry. I did some research on the Blarney Stone. We don't have to go down that avenue if we don't want to, but, you know. You you kind of left some easy ones out there. A guy recovers a fumble and the announcer isn't going to say he found a pot of gold. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You could, you could go there as well, okay. but yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunities for, um, for the broadcasters to throw in 
uh, whatever they want to during the game. Uh, also, one more thing in the broadcast, Dropkick Murphys uses bumper music. Mm, yeah, that's okay. a given. Yeah, guaranteed. Uh, the specific football prediction I have, Nebraska's leading ball carrier, ball carrier will be Anthony Grant, who will have 10 carries in this game. The leading rusher will be Gabe Irvin. He will have 72 yards. Oh, okay. Brunts? I have two. Nebraska will have a hundred yard rusher in this game. Not sure who yet. I'll sit I'll go with either Grant or Irvin. Maybe Grant. We'll go Grant. 112 yards. That's how many he's gonna have. The other is we haven't even mentioned him yet on this shame on us. Brian Buscini manages to put four punts inside the opponent's 20 yard line. The the Aviva Stadium grass this morning was looking lush. It was fantastic. He's going to back up a couple like it's a gap wedge um, on, on the most pristine PGA Tour green you can imagine. So four times inside the 20, Anthony Grant for 112 yards. BC? That means Nebraska's offense maybe scuffling is what Brunts is saying, punting a lot. Um, I'm going to say uh, Ativa Malga Clements after writing that feel-good story about him last week. I, you know I'm riding that train. He's going to come in on a third down, and he's going to get himself a sack. They're going to cut him loose. He's going to get a sack. Uh, So that will be a fun moment. And I think a linebacker is going to get a pick. I think there's going to be a play where the ball gets tipped by, like, Ty Robinson or somebody. It's like up, and, you know, everybody's kind of – and, like, uh, Nick Hendrich comes down with it and gets tackled right away, but it sets Nebraska up at the Northwestern 33-yard line. And it's kind of the play you need to like exhale. So that that's what I say. Okay. All right. That's good stuff there. Prediction time. We have a little less than two minutes. Uh, BC, we're going to start with you in case you have to depart. All right. Weird score uh, for a weird setting. Nebraska, I think is, I think it's gonna be a little bit of a slog. I'd rather say that than blow out. Cause who knows 29 to 18 over Northwestern, just a, a strange game, but uh, Huskers are kind of always ahead by a, a score, but you're never feeling like for sure until like eight minutes left or so. Brunt. I, I like Nebraska getting it over the finish line, wrapped in duct tape and just trying to keep it between the ditches. I got the Huskers 23, Northwestern 12. All right. Look at these scores. Amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to add to the weirdness. I like Nebraska to win a game 22 to 16. Over Northwestern, it's not pretty. You won't really enjoy it until they get the victory in the end. They'll have to sweat out a final drive by who the hell is playing quarterback for Northwestern. I don't know. You don't know. Doesn't matter. Nebraska wins. Happer? Uh, not a weird score, but me and BC are on very similar pages. I got 27-17. I think it's generally pretty comfortable and actually generally pretty uneventful. It, it, it may be an uneventful Nebraska football game. Uh, that's, that could be an oddly specific prediction or a, you know, a, a, a going off on the ledge prediction there. I think we leave without, without too many fireworks. Both teams will skew to the side of being pretty conservative, and um, it ends in a Nebraska 10-point win. All right, gentlemen, the first Husker 24-7 hype cast for the 2022 season now in the books. Appreciate your time. Uh, everyone, be sure to check out Husker247.com. Uh, plenty of coverage of the game, still plenty of coverage leading up to the game. All of that good stuff that you can find there. Michael Brunts will be on the ground, so we will have plenty of video, plenty of photos. Everything happening over there 
in Ireland as well. So be sure to check out Husker 24-7, and we'll have plenty of coverage after the game. And a new podcast will be unveiled on Sunday morning as I will be joined by a guest each Sunday following a Nebraska game to break it all down. And this week, Connor Hamper is double-dipping. Connor, I'll talk to you on Sunday. That'll be great, and uh, we'll catch you all then. Enjoy the game.